0: Thank you, Marcus. Good morning. It's great to see you here. You've uh, managed to remember it was Sunday today. Well done. That's quite an accomplishment at this end of the year. Um, <laughs> it is a bizarre kind of uh, thank you, Nicola. A bizarre time of year, isn't it, where you, you're trying to work out what, the day, what day it is and, you know, to clear the fog of Christmas and New Year's and probably too much sugar. Um, I think I've eaten my weight in stone fruit. Anyone else with me? Like, how good is the stone fruit at this time of the year? I mean, the cherries and the nectarines and the peaches and the apricots, how good are they? It's just, I just love that, that, that about summer. And uh, and the mangoes. Anyone into mangoes? You know, nothing like that mango juice dripping down your arms and off your elbows. It's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So it's uh, it is a, a funny it's a funny time of year. And so we try and kind of clear the clear away the fog of, of uh, the holidays and, and begin to focus on uh, on uh, you know getting back to work or getting the getting the year underway. I know I know. Um, I was in, the, in Woolworths the other day and discovered hot cross bun ice cream. Seriously? It's like unbelievable how fast that happens, right? It's like, who's ready for that? I'm not ready for that. That's ages off. Anyway, it's all good. It's great to have the kids in with us today and I uh, hope you got your fun packs. I think there's some up the back if you don't have them, and we'll be having um, morning tea together afterwards as well, which is a little bit of a spread happening up there, so um, that'd be really good. Yeah, come on. Bring on the foods. We live it. Uh, So we're we're starting, we're launching today a series for January, sort of a bit of a mini series before we plunge into our Vision Sunday and um, into the main theme for the year, uh, which we've just been really you know, praying through and over and the team is getting ready to kind of launch the year. It's always, it's always great, um, you know, uh, being able to launch in February and so in January there is, there is this kind of um, time to, to get ourselves ready and so we've, we've kind of named this uh, uh, series that we'll be doing over January, Are You Ready?, are you ready? And uh, we'll just be sharing, various people sharing about what God's speaking to us about and how we get ourselves ready to really launch and go hard for, for the year. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know that you know, usually we kind of launch hard on the 1st of January, especially with the New Year's resolutions you know, I will do that diet, and uh, I will read my Bible this many times, and I'll do all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, we try and start pretty hard. Uh, so, I, I think it's awesome that we've kind of got almost like, um, you can have a go in January of getting ready, but then you can launch in February. So, if you've broken all those resolutions, I mean, look, it works for me every year because our family's part Chinese. And so, I've adopted Chinese New Year, so I give it a red-hot go from the 1st of January and then if i failed, which normally you have by day 16, I can have another go for Chinese New Year. It's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, so are you ready? We're going to spend a whole month on talking about getting ready, so we're, we, you know, just relax. It's all good. It's all good. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about bringing this word to you and um, uh, it's sort of been sitting in my spirit for a while and uh, and it's simply entitled not peripheral can you say that to your neighbor 3 times fast did anyone get profiterol by the end of that <laughs> right I'm, getting, I'm going to get very bible with you this morning. I, I hope that that will knock the fog and the cobwebs out of your head. <laughs> um, and hopefully you'll keep up with me. Um, but uh, uh, I'm going to start just with this first verse in Ephesians chapter 1. So let's read it. Uh, 22 and 23 is on the screen. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the centre of all this, Christ rules his church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I have a cat. This cat is um, uh, quite painful because he pretty much believes that he is the center of all of our universe, the universes. I only have to move in the general direction of the kitchen, and he comes out of the woodwork and starts meowing, demanding me to feed him. Even if I fed him half an hour before, it's unbelievable. He just he, so he if I leave our bedroom door open at night, he will come in in the middle of the night and wake me up, and I'll think he wants me to let him out. But no, no, oh, no, no, he wants me to come and feed him at 4 a.m. because that's reasonable, right? <laughs> And if I don't get to him, he has found a way to open the door between our house and Rick's parents' house and he will go to his mother, to Bev, and he will sit on the pillow next to her and bat her nose until she wakes up in which she will get up and feed him. So, you know, seriously, we've created an absolute monster but I'm not sure that cats can be taught much different. Any any opinions out there otherwise? Um, This cat, seriously, and I think this is the way with cats, right? They think they are the centre of the universe. (laughs) But I've got news for you today, got news for that cat, that Jesus is the true centre of the universe. And because of that, we find ourselves smack bang in the middle of everything that matters. So I um, I have three points that I want to share with you this morning. I'm going to read some more, more scriptures before I, before I get into them. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're taking notes this morning, I've made it really easy being the 5th of January or whatever date it is. I can't even remember. Um, really, really easy. I've got three, three nice points for you and they're all the same. They're basically you matter, you matter and you matter. Did you get that? You matter. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But I want to tell you that central to the human experience, central to the human story, central to the story of God and and man, we find ourselves right there. Us. Not peripheral, not on the edge, but actually central to the story. You know, there really is a bigger picture playing out. And sometimes it's it's hard to get your head around that with everything that's going on, you know, like a all the fires and the drought and, the, and the, um, you know, the incredible contrasts that are happening in our world right now, uh, you know, the heroic community spirit and then these terrible haters that are just hating on you know, everyone and everything and looking for someone to blame and you know, incredible contrast and we can get so bogged down in this natural world. But actually there is a bigger story going on and it's happening in the heavenlies. It's happening in the supernatural realm. And there has been an epic war and an epic rebellion against God since the creation of our world, since the creation of humanity. And there is an epic war being staged in the the heavenlies. And I want to tell you that central to that is what Jesus uh, came to do, who Jesus is. And that he has chosen us as his church should be central to that as well. So we're gonna explore this a little bit more. I want to look at some scriptures that really focus on you know how central Jesus is to everything. So let's have a look at Colossians chapter one. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. For he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Pretty central. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's pretty powerful scriptures that really show us why Jesus is so central and how he is so central. And so Paul goes on uh, encouraging the Colossians and he says this in in chapter 2. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. In other words, like your smack bang in the middle of everything that's important. (laughs) Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. In other words, hey, pay attention. Jesus is central. And you're central and if anyone's going to give you any other ideas of putting something else in the centre, you need to reject that. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Amen. He is the head over every power and authority. There is not one that can exist outside of his headship. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. This is why we are central to to what matters with Jesus because of what he did. He forgave us all of our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities. Okay, Jesus had business while he was dead. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It doesn't get much clearer of how central what Jesus did, who he is, how central that is to the entire story of existence. He's central and he made us part of that central story. Not a side story, not a side issue, but central to it. So I'm going to get into our points today and I'm going to start with number one, you matter you matter you as an individual come on turn to the person next to you and say you matter yes you do you really do matter you know because I was thinking about this it's like what does it mean to not be peripheral to the world what does it really mean to be in the center and it starts with you matter you are more important than you know God has made central to the human story his church. And that's you. Each one of you is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Each one of you represents the church. Each one of you is the bride of Christ. Each one of you as an individual matter. Let's read this in Ephesians uh, chapter 1. This is one of the reasons why you matter. Because he chose you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. I mean, That's organised, right? That's pre-planning. I'm impressed with all the school teachers I know. They're already planning for the year. But Jesus actually planned for you before creation to be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will his pleasure and will it pleased him to do that to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves he chose us this is this is number 1 as to why you matter because you were chosen you were chosen You think you chose Jesus. Well, you did. Well done for doing that, by the way. But he chose you long before you even knew about him. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why you matter. Because it pleased God to think about you. John and Tracy pleased God. Before the creation of the world, when he thought about you, it pleased him. Michelle Green, it pleased him. Yeah. Absolutely. The second reason why you matter is because he's given you a unique work. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So not only did it just please him to just choose us because he loved us, just total love. But then he, he has actually given you a unique work that I can't do. You fill a space that no one else on the planet can fill. You have something so unique. It's a unique lane on the track, track and field, a unique lane for you to run that nobody else can run in. That, doesn't, that, that makes you very central, not peripheral. It makes you very central. And thirdly, why you matter, and this is not exhaustive in terms of a list of why you matter, let me tell you. But he's given you a specific purpose. You know, 2 Corinthians 5 paints a picture of this. It says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry, people. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Wow. He's making it through us. He's making it through you. And that's why you matter. Because the people that you meet, the people that are surrounding you, they're different to the people surrounding me. They matter. So I want to tell you that you were born to make a difference. You really were. You were born to matter. You were not born to be on the edge of everything that matters, everything that is important. You were born to expand and extend the kingdom of heaven on earth. You were born to carry the presence of almighty God here on earth, to represent him, to spread his love, to show people what that appeal that God is making to humanity could look like. You. So if you feel like you are... Insignificant, I want to tell you today, you're far from it. You are smack bang in the middle of what actually matters on this earth. You're not forgotten, you're not an afterthought, you're not a mistake, you're not a coincidence. You might feel like the sum total of your life hasn't added up to much. You might feel like your job isn't that important. You might feel like you haven't made that much of a difference in the world. But I want to tell you that God chose you to be smack bang in the middle of what really matters in this life. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So now look at the person next to you and say, hey, you really matter. (laughs) That's right. You are not peripheral to the wheelings and the dealings on this planet. You're smack bang in the middle of what really matters. The second point that I have today is that you matter. <laughs> I'm making this so easy for you to remember. <laughs> you, as in the plural, you. You, as in a, the church. You, strong nation, Hawkesbury, and a few guests from the mountains, and you know other guests that we have. You matter. You matter collectively you matter the church is us and I want to tell you that we matter you know the world which I I'm going to tell you right now is very influenced by the principalities and powers of the air the, the unseen the invisible world has great influence on our physical world and is the, what's happening in the supernatural is definitely spilling out in the natural um, in all kinds of ways. Uh, but I want to tell you that the world would like to keep the church in the corner. Seriously. We don't want to hear your opinions. Stay out of places of influence. Stay the heck out of politics. Stay out of our culture. Stay out of our laws. In the corner. I want to tell you nobody puts baby in the corner. Right? Nobody puts Jesus' bride in the corner. You were not meant to be in the corner. You were meant to be smack bang in the middle of what matters on this planet. Yeah. I know, I'm going to preach myself a little bit excited today. <laughs> it's extraordinary, you know, that God is not waiting for any other entity to save the planet, to bring change. He's not waiting for Superman. He's not waiting for the Avengers. He is not waiting for any. He's already worked out what's central to the human story, and it's us. It's you. It's the church. We're central. And here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. That it just as I was sitting there writing this message, I'm like, wow. Do you realise that the church is not a human idea? It's not a man's idea to do the church. I'm sure there's a few man's ideas in the way we do church. That's okay. God made us creative in his image. You know, we come up with stuff and he's really happy with that. There's all sorts of expressions of the church on the earth. That's fine. But listen, the church itself is not man's idea. It's God's. There's all sorts of people that would like to disassemble the church as an organisation. They don't like it, you know. And, and for good or bad, there's, you know, stories throughout history of where we on an organisational level, we might have missed it. But I want to tell you, we've been getting more right than we've been getting wrong. You only ever notice when things are bad. You don't notice when things are good. But we're here 2,000 years later, people. We had to have been doing something right. Come on. Come on. I, I, just, I just heard some statistics. I didn't get a chance to, uh, to write them all down because I only just heard them. But the last 10 years, the last decade... Uh, the world's actually done some pretty extraordinary things in terms of reducing world po- uh, po- poverty and, uh, you know, just, just uh, amazing things. I, I, I will bring those stats to you at a later date. But, but actually, a, a lot of what has driven that has been the church. It's been Christian organisations. It's been the church funding, uh, you know, arms out into the world, out into the community, out into... Um, you know, developing nations to bring change, and we've brought change. We've brought significant change to the to the planet. So I, I want to tell you that we, as the church, do matter. I have been blown away by by the stories that Rick keeps coming home and telling me about uh, his experience at Windsor High School, because we've gone in. You know it really went through a period of great fight and turmoil and I, I can't tell the story as well as he can he's got all the details but you know for him to for, to to be there as a representative of this church as a chaplain with many other chaplains and many other representatives and all the men that have been involved in the in the building young men program that's gone through which they think is the best program they've ever seen uh and you know Winds, Windsor High School where when, when Rick first started doing chaplaincy there you know they're throwing chairs across the room and they're, they're swearing at each other loudly while the teacher's trying to teach and there's craziness and and now people are actually trying to sign up to get their kids into Windsor High School and and so the teacher says to Rick the other day you know he's teaching his class was it he or she I can't remember he he's teaching the class and Rick's just sitting in the class as he does he sits in certain classes with certain certain students and and uh, and, and the teacher stops in the middle of his lesson and says... Why is it that every time you're in here, there's peace? You know why? Because the church matters. Because we carry the presence of God. The supernatural world knows that we matter. Oh boy, do they know that we matter. That's one of the reasons why they're trying to keep the church in the corner. Because we can make a difference. We can change Atmospheres. We're changing the atmosphere of Windsor High School. I want to tell you that you are changing the atmosphere of your home, of your neighbourhood, of your workplace, of your community, of your school. Wherever you are, you are bringing the presence of Jesus Christ with you. And God is looking, and I'll tell you all of the heavens, all every principality's, principality in power, is looking and knows that you are central to what matters on this planet. So Strong Nation Church, we're central. We're not peripheral. Amen? And my third point today is that you matter. I've made this so easy. Tell me you are not going to remember this sermon today. (laughs) Well, you know, still the New Year's Eve fog lifting. So, okay, you matter. And I want to say this. You, because you matter... As an individual, and because you matter as a collective body, you really matter to me. You matter to me. I can't be the body of Christ without you. I want to read this passage from First Corinthians twelve. I told you I was going to get biblically today. Got lots of Bible for you. First Corinthians 12. Let's read this uh, from verse, verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, strong nation, Hawksbury, strong nation mountains. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, oh, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, Jesus or God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Come on, hear this. Hear what this is saying. Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. I can't be the body of Christ without you. Paul goes to great details. I mean, he spells this out really clearly. (laughs) That we actually cannot do this without each other. I have some genuine concerns about our modern, affluent, Western Christianity, where we kind of don't need each other because survival, as we're now at this level of affluence where survival is kind of not something we think about. That's why it's amazing what comes out of the community in times of crisis like they're experiencing right now with the fires. Because when survival is on the line, we really need each other but everyday aussies we kind of don't need each other we've got enough money to pay for what we need so when do we lean on each other when do we understand the importance of one another we're not really being persecuted for our faith starting a little bit but none of us are going to lose our life over it so when do we need to hide one another when do we need to embrace one another? You know, we've got a great welfare system that kind of looks after the widows and the orphans. So when do we even need to do that? But I've got some real concerns because this was what Jesus meant us to look like on the earth. He meant us to look like this. You know, it's one of the reasons that well, as a church we have uh, really tried to lean into facilitating the us each other's gathering around a meal you know putting those predictable patterns in place where we gather together to to eat together we gather together to grow together to learn something together to press into the things of God together you know to gather together in a you know in a more corporate space so we can worship God together and you know like we're, we're trying to get the togethers happening because Monday to Friday we're not always thinking about each other And maybe we should. If God intended us to function like a body, it's not like each other is optional. Maybe if you're an appendix. (laughs) Just kidding. That was just a joke. I've lost mine, so it's funny. (laughs) You're not an appendix. (sighs) Church isn't just a weekend hobby. It's not a weekly inspirational session. It's not a tick of a religious obedience box. We're the body of Christ. Ooh, come on. This is a challenge for me too, because we live in this world where survival is not something we think about. But most of history, people were on the edge of survival. So we're living in extraordinary days. And if we're not careful, we'll just go off the boil. Because it was that intense need for one another that kept the church fired up, let me tell you. So we're going to pay attention and make sure that you matter to me. Let me read this scripture from Colossians 3. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other, okay, not avoid each other. Not make sure you've got very firm boundaries in place with one another. It's bear with each other. Why would I need to bear with you? Because sometimes you're going to tick me off. (laughs) Sometimes you're going to offend me. And I'm going to offend you. Because that's the truth, right? So what do we do when we offend each other? The Bible actually says to bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, not... not shut people out, you know, not walk away, actually work it through. Do the work and work it through so that we stay a body of Christ, not a dismembered body of Jesus Christ. Okay? Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since it's members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful let the message of Christ dwell among you dwell among you come on it's got to dwell among us richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom come on it's a lifestyle of, of learning from one another of encouraging each other through wisdom, through psalms, uh, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love coming together and singing together. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In other words, come on, we're doing this for Jesus. We are are part of one another for Jesus because we are representing him on, on the earth. Hey, you matter to me. You matter to me. We should matter to one another. And making a commitment to press into each other's lives, to be a little bit more responsible for each other, you know. Just don't fall off each other's radar. Together, to press into growing together, to join in mission together. That's exciting. We're not supposed to be out there doing our own thing. You know, like that, that meme that says, introverts, unite in your bedrooms by yourself, you know. It's like, hey, look, I'm actually an introvert too, Lindsay. I still need you. We matter to each other, right? You know, Jesus said that this is actually why you're going to stand out. He said, you, you know, people will know you're my disciples simply because of the way you love each other the way you do life with one another, the way you interact, the way you forgive each other, the way you persevere in relationship with each other. That's the stuff that's going to stand out because it's so different to the world. Amen? Yeah. And I want to tell you, the disciples, they got a real revelation of this. They got a conviction about this. And we see what it did to the growth and explosion of the early church because of the way they chose to live. You know, in Acts chapter 2, which is probably, honestly, one of my favourite passages in Scripture, it, des- it describes the picture of what it looked like when the church got lit on fire. <laughs> oh, bad analogy. Uh, when the church just began to explode, you know, it was incredible. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. those who are being saved. I just wonder whether we could live with such radical community, with such a radical expression of love for one another, of of forbearance and and forgiveness, uh, you know, and, and uh, and a commitment to one another. You know, even the fact that we... Yeah, I, I, used to, I used to when I had kids in school and, you know, they'd get invited to parties on a Sunday morning and stuff and I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'm a little bit embarrassed. I, so, I'm so sorry. We can't make it. We're going to be at church, you know, feeling like I've got to apologise. And then I realised, no, because what I'm doing is showing the world that you, Nicola, matter so much to me that I have put in my diary, I am not missing church with that girl. I'm going to be there every week. Well, unfortunately, I'm at you know three different Strong Nation churches, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I will be there. I'm part of you and I would not miss it for the world. And so I'm sorry, I'll have to catch you after church because I've blocked that out in my diary to be with the people that actually matter to me. We're going to go worship God together. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to talk about what really matters because these are my people and you matter. So you take my time and my commitment. And that's why you know, we're, we're going to give you your predictable patterns calendar for the year in, a, in the next few weeks uh, so that you can go, oh, sorry, that's family dinner night. Can't do anything else that night because they're my people and I'm there for them. I show up, they're mine. Because we matter to each other, you matter to me. So my three points today were: see, I told you it'd work. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to finish up just encouraging you with a, with a few different challenges. If we're going to live like we are not peripheral to the world but actually right smack in the centre of business, there's a few things we need to really focus on to get ready for this year. First of all, you just need to understand who you are. He chose you. He's given you a unique work. He's given you a special purpose on on the earth. If you understand who you are... ...and decide to make a difference... ...you're going to live like a smack bang in the centre... ...of what matters. I want to encourage you to do that... ...because some of you don't realise just how important you are. You don't realise who you are in your family... ...dads... ...mums... ...you don't realise... ...you actually matter. You don't realise who you are in your workplace... ...but you do. And I want to encourage you this year... To start to realise that the way all of heaven, all of the supernatural world perceives you, is that you're dangerous. You're dangerous. The second thing is this. I think when we understand that we matter corporately, the church actually matters. It shouldn't be kept in the corner. The church should have some opinions on things. The church is making an appeal to man on behalf of God and there are so many things that we can do or well, we can do even more when you lean into that space there's so much we can do we are not short on vision we're so not short on vision lean in lean in to mobilize us as a church lean in to represent us don't be out there just doing your own thing represent Represent. Because we're revealing Jesus to our world and we are so much better together than when we we're on our own. And lastly, I wonder whether today you'd really just renew a fresh commitment to one another to make sure that the body of Christ matters. I know we tick each other off and, you know, there can be stuff where we get frustrated with each other on and but you know what? Let's live in a zone that really shows that we have a revelation that we are the body of Christ together. And even the unseen parts that we we don't realise are making our body work. They're all important. And let's just refresh a commitment to to that this morning can we do that refresh a commitment to going on mission together refresh a commitment to encouraging one another daily why don't we why don't we just stand to our feet and just finish i'll just i'll just finish my section here with some prayer um our heavenly father <sighs> are we ready lord it's our desire today on this first Sunday of gathering in a new year, that Lord God, that we would really have a revelation that we are not peripheral to the world, but we are central to everything that matters on the earth. Lord, I I pray that that revelation would go deep. It would go deep to who we are, who you've called us to be, who we represent. And God, that you would stir in us a fresh commitment to all that that means. Lord, I pray that the the silent prayers and the dreams that are in people's hearts, Lord, even today you would begin to call them out as people begin to realise that, Those dreams matter, that those desires matter, that those plans and purposes, those strategies, those things that you've put in our heart, they matter because we were born to make a difference, to influence our world. We were born to make a difference. And God, I pray that individually and corporately we would really step into that this year. Lord, I pray that if there's anything in our hearts that would put up walls to each other, in this season, that, God, that you would just just dissolve those walls. You'd help us to forgive easily. Lord, that we'd live in, in such a grace zone with one another. We'd just stir each other on, spur each other on as we get a deeper revelation of what it means to be the body of Christ functioning together. And so, Lord God, have your way. You are central to the story of humanity And you have made us part of that story. Help us to really embrace all that that means and to step into it in 2020. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And if that's your prayer, say amen. Okay, amen. All right, over to you, Marcus. Thank you.